A good haircut can be a game changer. I mean, everybody wants to look their best for those social media pics, right? So get yourself to Sport Clips at Sport Clips Haircuts. They hair do like no one else hair does. See what they did there? Not only is it the home of champion haircuts, but they've also made relaxing and unwinding the name of the game. Level up your haircut with the MVP haircut experience. It's a spa day for your follicles. Check this out. You get a seven pressure point massaging shampoo along with a perfectly steamed hot towel all while sports plays on the TV. Does it get any better than that? No. You can want it all and have it all at Sport Clips. It's a game changer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, and it's time for the much anticipated, highly situated Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, hope you're doing well. It's Duff McKagan uh, calling in. You know, uh, hope your uh, listeners are doing well. Uh, listen, have you heard about the new movie Constipation? No. Well, it never came out. Thank you. Goodbye. Duff delivers. <laughs> Even when he's on the road worldwide with Guns N' Roses, their summer tour is rolling right now. Dates and ticket information at GunsNRoses.com. Fives has got a huge show coming up as well. Spotlight on London, Friday, August 25th at the O2 Forum, Kentish Town. Massive Wagons and the Chris Barris Band will be joining us. See Fozzy on Friday night, August 25th, and then come to AEW All-In Sunday, August 27th at Wembley. It is going to be an AEW weekend in the UK, go to FozzyRock.com for all tickets and VIP information for the O2 Forum. Come rock with us, London, one of our favorite cities in the world to play, and it's going to be the biggest headlining show in Fozzy history. All right, today on the show, it's a QTV takeover. QT Marshall and his crew Aaron Solo and Harley Cameron invade Talk is Jericho. You'll hear how and when the faction started, the role that TMZ and Harvey Levin played in inspiring their set in vignettes, and what RJ City brings to the table for these bits. QT also explains how Powerhouse Hobbs fit into the picture, why he thought Harley Cameron and Aaron Solo were perfect for these roles, and the movie that Tony Khan told QT to watch for guidance and inspiration. Aaron Solo also shares his journey to AEW that started with one very formal email during the height of the pandemic, and Harley talks about her recent rap battle run-in with the acclaimed, hitting on Anthony Bowens, and why he didn't respond, very obviously why, and what it's been like to merge her two passions, singing and wrestling, plus she raps for us, does a great job at that. Plus, QT Marshall starts the show talking about his bloody bout with Pentagon Jr. in AAA's first ever ambulance match at the Triple Mania show in Tijuana last weekend. All right, let's go. QT TV invades Talk is Jericho starting now. All right, so one of the uh, newest and hottest factions here in AW is QTV. With, of course, QT Marshall, How's it going, Harley Cameron, Aaron Hello. Solo. The whole gang is here. Right here. We're here. 
and there's a lot to discuss because you guys have really been making a lot of waves and been uh, really doing a lot of great stuff. But before we get into that, you just had probably what could possibly be the biggest match of your career this past weekend in uh, in Tijuana. Yeah, it's true. Biggest win of my career by by far. Oh, you won! I won! I won! I beat Pentagon Junior in his in his native land in one of the most uh, horrific matches I've ever been a part of. Uh, I heard it was quite bloody. And, it was uh, very bloody, and I wasn't expecting it, but it was it was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. We'll see if we get to show any of it on AEW. <laughs> I don't know. So, but this is obviously for AAA. Yeah, right? this was for AAA. For, was right. it Triple Mania. Or? This was Triple Mania. Yeah, the second of the three Triple Manias. And so that. that's huge, man. Tell us, yeah. tell tell us how you got that gig, and obviously Pentagon also uh, AEW. Uh, original, but a huge star in Mexico, being in his home country, like you said. Yeah, um, Conan called me, and uh, he kind of had this idea, and we ran it by Tony. And Tony is a firm believer when it comes to me that uh, it's good for me to go out and wrestle <laughs> in other places because I can help maybe possibly turn the Twitter fans into seeing a different side of me and stuff like that. And Twitter fans that don't like you? The Twitter fans that give Tony a lot of crap for putting me on TV. Wow, because uh, Twitter fans hate me too. Yeah, but it's a different type hate, of hate. They probably hate you and they probably hate you. Hates yeah, right, right, but right. they, for some reason, they really, really hate me. And uh, so this was his, you know, this is what he specifically said. I would never let two of my contracted talents go to another company and do an angle like this that could lead to something even bigger that I know would do a great rating for my show but I believe in you and I do believe this would help you and he'll help your career overall. So thank goodness uh, they were able to tell a good story for the past couple of months with doing vignettes here and stuff like that. And then they built it up to this first ever ambulance match in Mexico, which they've never done before. That's great. And, um, we could see as we went there, they'd definitely never have done it before. Uh, <laughs> so it was wild. And, um, you know, we had weapons and all this stuff and I was out of nowhere, you know, I just see Pentagon grab these light tubes and I just, there's another one. It's called a pyro test, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you know that talk is Jericho. We film it live during the day. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just wish for the best and put my head down. And, you know, my my mom and dad both watched it. I I bought them each a fight, a fight TV, you know, order so they could watch it. And they were not too happy. But, uh, you know, they were happy that I was okay. So. so let me ask you this. Obviously not seeing a lot of AAA television. What kind of vignettes did you do to build up the match? So I had been stalking Pentagon and uh, making his life a living hell between going to his school and uh, beating up his students and taking pictures of his family and him out to eat. Just And the story goes back to when Penta was here uh, negotiating his contract. Uh, we told the story that he asked me to leave the room, which was... Insulting. Insulting. Very insulting because, uh, as I explained in AAA, you know, that's a, a brotherhood that I would never break. I would never tell anyone what anybody makes or anything like that. And part of my job in AEW is to be part of some of those conversations. And uh, I did feel it was very disrespectful and this, that, and the other. And uh, so we were able to tell a good story, and the fans were really into it. And, and now I go back. I'm in a four way for the uh, relinquished latin american championship which is a secondary title the next triple mania in mexico city so this is my second time wrestling in mexico i'm excited i hope to win the title and uh maybe i'll get to bring it back here and defend it here so how did the fans react to you they hate me yeah yes luckily because it was tijuana there was a lot of people from california right. and kenny was on the show so mm -hmm. they had a lot of AEW fans so we got some good heat we went out before the show in a local match and just beat everybody up and i talked crap about the locals and um Tijuana people and stuff like that so it was good you know they they helped me out and then by the time we went out there it was just they booed the shit out of me so, oops, so they booed the crap out of me so it was yeah, yeah. 
it was good, you know, a lot of middle fingers. And then after I went, uh, after I won, uh, someone threw something, it hit me right in the face. So I, I went after them because I that clip of Bruiser Brody just went viral where he like went into the crowd and right. everyone scattered away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what they did. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a tough guy. And then I realized, like, I'm not as tough as Bruiser Brody. I'm going to run away. So we kind of just You're walked lucky away. Too, 2023 is different conversation. Oh, yeah. 1986. Yeah, right? I was worried a little bit towards the end, like, oh, man, these guys might, these fans might actually yeah, beat yeah. me up because Pentas. Just throw at you that you got hit with. Uh, just drinks and cups. And yeah, they were not happy that I won. A lot of times Uh, those cups contain piss. Oh, I don't know. Well, (laughs) I sold the gear that night anyway, so it didn't matter, you know? So... But yeah, so let's discuss. Because once again, uh, not just in this, because you're a very underrated uh, wrestler. Also, you do a lot of work here in AEW. It's always cool to see you uh, building up your brand on TV. And QTV has yeah. become a thing with yeah. a, a great lineup here. Um, and we're going to talk a lot to Aaron and to Harley. But just tell us how kind of QTV came out of the remnants of the factory. Correct? Yeah. So uh, we did an episode of Rampage that was <laughs> the lowest drawing Rampage of all time. Were you in the main uh, event? I was. Thanks and, for the house. And <laughs> I will say this: uh, the main event did really well, um, but it was just overall was a very poorly, you know, rated rampage. And Tony called me, said, "Hey, I think, you know, uh, you're not presented as a huge star, and then you're not leading a bunch of stars. So it's kind of maybe it's time to disband. Let's come up with a new idea." And uh, that you know, someone pitched Just Joe from WWE. No, and, you know, so, pass on that. Right. So I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to be another joke. Like I want to do something fun. And, uh, maybe the worst gimmick ever. Yeah. It was <laughs> your clickbait. So I, I just said, I was like, what could we come up with? And then Tony said, have you ever seen the movie pop star? And I said, no, he said, well, if you look at it, they make fun of TMZ. And I said, well, is that with, uh, Adam's uh, Sandberg? Yes. Andy yes, Sandberg. Yes. Right. Keep on keeping on. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, yes, yeah. so he showed me the clip and he loved the clip and I said, okay. And then it was all, this was all supposed to be, at the end of the payoff was going to be that it was all good stuff about Will Hobbs. We'd bury everybody else and it would end up that I was with Powerhouse Hobbs. That's what was supposed to start. Uh, but then when the Wardlow match happened, everything kind of just got... Was you versus Wardlow or Hobbs versus It was Hobbs versus Wardlow and Hobbs' hometown. And in San, yeah, in San, San, so it was like, all right, what do we do? And then it was kind of... QT, we're going to put you with him now. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, let's do it. You know. So then we kind of had to go backwards. Um, you know, and Solo has always been Solo, so he's someone I can count on. He's professional. He's one of the. And then we saw when we originally thought about using the other guys, it was like we need a female. Who could we? Who could we get? Um, and a couple names came up, and I spoke to a couple different people, and I just remembered uh, Harley from doing Dark and the music stuff, and I was like, man, she just seems like a lot of personality. So I talked to Tony, and Tony was like, yeah, let's give it a shot. So we were gonna film a bunch of vignettes. And just without any contracts or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, this thing just happened. So it was like, hey, you start on TV next week. <laughs> like, um, yeah. And so it's just. Which is funny, Harley, because we had been talking for a while about different things about your career and won some matches and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And on the fast track, suddenly you're here, yeah. kind of almost as a tryout. And then it's every week. And then now you're on the show and getting the much coveted TV time, <laughs> which is always hard to get. I mean, so tell yeah. us kind of about how that came about for you. It's funny because it just kind of took off, you know, the speed of light. And I, I've been training in the ring, um, as you knew, for a while. And my coaches always would just say to me, just always be ready, be ready. You never know because things happen like that. And it literally is exactly what happened. It just happened so quickly and unexpectedly. And to be honest, I didn't ever think that I'd end up here because I knew that I was very new compared to a lot of the talent that are just so seasoned and like have been in the game for so long. 
and uh, I guess I just had an opportunity and it went well and then people gave me more opportunities and then, you know, like obviously people like yourself believed in me and shit just went bam. Well, it's almost like right place at the right time. And, th- and that's Definitely. what the business is all about. Mike, 100%. I'm sure QT will tell you that for sure, right? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's like I said, I'm so, so thankful to be in this position. And like you said too, like just, you know, everyone's in the same boat of the show's only so long and, you know, it's so good when you're actually getting the opportunities to be on TV. So I'm just blown away with like how awesome everyone's been and the opportunities I've had so far. And hopefully it's just the beginning. <laughs> well, and also too, using your other talent of being a singer too. That's, that's really yeah. come through. Oh, it's been awesome because back when I first ever started training in the ring, I always thought to myself, oh, it'd be so cool to mix the two passions together, you know, very similar to what you've done, your career and your life. Right. So it's, it's freak. I just can't explain how cool it is to be able to do both things that I'm so passionate about now collectively together. It's like just tied in. I didn't expect it to be that way, especially when we were talking about, you know, the idea of QTV and what it would involve. I didn't think the character would develop into having those opportunities. So it's just been so awesome. All right. There are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW and not all of them speak English which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos. Eh, amigas. See, already learning. Haha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Jericho today. That's rosettastone.com slash Jericho. Do it today. Aaron, you've been with QT for a long time uh, with the factory and now with QTV. So what was it that you thought you think kept you as part of this group? (laughs) Um, I don't know, because there was talks of us being in the group with all the original factory Which members. was Nick Camaroto, yeah. uh, Lee Johnson, and uh, the new guy, Cole Carter. Cole Carter, right, right. Yes, yeah. and then um, we were supposed to do all the stuff that QT had mentioned, and then it got turned into none of us are doing it. Then it, and then uh, the day with uh, when Hobbs won the title, mm-hmm. QT came up to me and goes, you're back in it now. And I go, is this permanent? Is it just for today's? I don't know. We'll see where it goes. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just mean, will it into here. existence, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I love being by QT's side. Like, I've known QT much longer than our AEW relationship. Hmm. Um, we actually met maybe 2013 or so, um, just because I would go to the Ring of Honor shows uh, just trying to get booked mm. and, you know, traveling around with, like, Kyle O'Reilly and stuff. And, um, yeah, and then so I met QT, had a relationship with him there. But then um, when I came to AEW, uh, QT's kind of like mentored me through a bunch of stuff. So like I love staying by his side. It's like 
for me, it makes uh, this like difficult job so much easier because like mm. any questions I have, I can just go through. Well, and, once again, you, know. you found a place, which is, I mean, you were a journeyman for years and we can yeah. talk about that in a bit, but you were, I remember seeing you at AEW in Jacksonville, like at the dark tapings and kind of just being there and suddenly, you know, one step closer, one step closer. Now you're, yeah. you're a fixture, you know, cause you have a role that you can play. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> and like what I love about the QTV stuff is it doesn't take up a lot of TV time, but it's every week mm. and we can talk about other people. We could do mm. stuff, but it, like I know when we get help, uh, I said it the other day on an interview, RJ city helps us write some stuff. Mm. And, uh, he writes all of it. No, uh, <laughs> he does a lot and he's very good at what he does. And, and I told him from the beginning, like, Hey, I've been able to be on TV and I'm fortunate enough, but like, let them see, like, let them show their personalities because I know she has a lot of personality mm -hmm. and he has a lot. Of, he just doesn't get to show it. So sure. it's like, mm -hmm. and then he, they came, was it you who came up with the Banaka thing? Yeah. So I, uh, <laughs> I came up with the Banaka thing. What's the Banaka thing? Tell us what the Banaka so thing is. So it's just a, you know, the Banaka yeah, spray. The spray the, the yeah. The mouth freshening spray or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So they were huge in pop culture. And like when I was growing up, like they're in all these movies, uh, What's the one where you spray? Dumb and Dumber. Dumber. Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what I yeah. think of. Yeah. the wrong way. Yeah. And then he goes, that's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so one day I was on Amazon and I just searched it. I, I think I watched a movie that had it. So mm. I searched it. I was like, oh my God, they still sell this. Stuff. Right, right, right. So then I, uh, I had friends come over uh, and I was like using it. And they're like, that's still a thing. And then my friends have kids and the kids recognize what it was. <laughs> so that was my concern. I was like, oh, if I do it, this is like. It's a generational thing. Maybe kids don't get it, but the kids got it. So I was like, let me just try it when we film the QTV thing. And then it's take it off. It's like me with the Apple that. back in the day. Like right. people yeah. it's like your thing. Yeah, it's yeah. his thing that people started to like comment on. Like, oh, he's always got Banaka. You know? Yeah, I remember the Banaka when I had it. You'd spray it. It would taste minty fresh for about a minute. And then it turns into this weird like chemical type <laughs> yeah. taste. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it still does. Still <laughs> the same taste. And but like, it's funny though. It's the same thing as what Danny Garcia did with the Kangol hat. Right. Yeah. When he put the Kangol, I'm like, how do you know what a Kangol hat is? You're like 23 years old. Yeah, yeah. And everyone knows what a Kangol hat is now because yeah. the next generation has gotten back into them, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I remember in Australia years ago, everyone used to take him and they, there was some news story where some bloke got pulled over drink driving and he's like, it was the Banaka. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. like, I had too I had much the alcohol in the Banaka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. So talk about the QTV segment. So obviously yeah. this is based on uh, uh, TMZ. Yeah, yeah. With the, with the Harvey Levin and they're kind of all sitting in the bullpen kind of debating what's going on yeah so kind of tell us how you yeah so we built a set uh it travels with us every week and um <laughs> whatever the you know whatever our storyline is or whatever we're trying to push like i said a lot of it was just propaganda for powerhouse hobbs in the beginning um and we always have a picture on the screen and our graphics team is great about making it look just like QT, or just like TMZ, um, and we don't bury TMZ. We just—it's yeah, our own it's thing, right? right? It's our version of it, and we just—it's just news, and uh, you know, we just try to stay current with all the topics, and we've been able to, you know, somehow form it into a, a storyline right now with the acclaimed, yeah, which was awesome because I knew from the beginning if to show her talent of singing. All right, well, it's either going to be Chris Jericho or the acclaimed, right? Cause, <laughs> and it's not going to be Chris Jericho right now. So, hey, this is an easy one. Billy and I are very close. Um, so it was one of those things of like, hey, what do you think of this idea? Do you think we could do this? And, you know, and her character in QTV is kind of the two of them. They're just two goofballs, right? right? So, like, 
it's okay. They always say stupid things, and I always just look. I'm like, what did you? Where'd you come up with? You know, and it's just it's one of those things that kind of took off. So when we did the stuff with uh, the acclaimed, and we did the segment with them in the ring when she came out and she wanted to sing, which, by the way, like I, she wrote the rap, and I thought this is incredible. Like you need to do this for them in the ring. Right. I thought, and this is exactly what I said, uh, that the people were gonna like start listening, and then they were gonna be like, oh man, this is great, you know, and they just completely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't even let her speak yeah. so i was just like oh man this is good because the knee-jerk reaction when you're a wrestler that sings is that it's supposed to be bad yes mm-hmm. so they're not hearing your they're thinking like uh was it jillian right like yeah. Jillian yeah. Bad yeah. On purpose yeah right. so when you're singing good yeah and you're a great singer people aren't hearing that yes they're hearing with their wrestling ears it's like oh we have to boo her because she obviously sucks yes meanwhile uh-huh. it's like it's the opposite but in wrestling no you are a terrible singer that must be booed yeah a hundred percent and i yeah. think it works in when we when it was going out there it's funny because we backstage were like oh what if they cheer and it backfires yeah. but the thing is i think when you walk out with the attitude of i'm yeah. so good you just it's so hateable when right. when you're arrogant you know so it's like you can either go one or two ways with it you can go out there and purposely suck or if you go out there and are good you just have to be like oh my god. that's gosh. even better because also too you're going out there against the acclaimed you're super popular yeah you got qt who's always has heat so yeah you're just doing the right and almost too, it's like this chick is really good, but I'm never I'm never gonna admit it. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I remember Fozzie played on Raw in Charlotte, and and beforehand, this is when I was a heel. When we first started, people were booing, and our drummer was so sad. He's like, I can't believe they're booing us. Like, no, they're supposed to boo us. Yeah, this yeah. is what we want. Because they they want yeah. us to boo, they want us to boo us. You want to boo yeah. us? Like, yes, that's <laughs> yes. what we want. It's yeah. like cheering. Yeah, yeah exactly. Those yeah. are our cheers. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. funny you walk because walking out to that kind of we, I don't think any of us thought it was gonna get that kind of a reaction. Because no, they, not at all. Yeah. Because I watched her rehearse and I watched the. T- talent watching and I saw everyone like no one knew that she knew how to do this right Right. because unless you follow her on social media you don't know Uh, and I just saw everyone looking like and I was like oh this is going to be really good and then like, she went out there and they just started giving her the, the Don, booze. The, the Don like, Callis treat. Yes. Yes. I was just like, yeah. and I was standing in the back waiting and Tony was watching and everyone, and I looked at Tony, I said, that's a home run. Like we yeah. can't, you couldn't ask for anything better than that. I didn't even have to go out there with her. Right, and right. for that to happen, I was like, man, this is incredible. And I remember Billy, I could watch him in the ring. They were kind of, and he, Billy's her coach. He's one of her coaches. Yeah. So yeah. he was in the ring and he was kind of just like, yeah. Relax, let it go. Like one, it's rampage. So if they need to edit it, they'll edit it, right? But at the same time, you don't want to step on the audience because they're they're having fun right now. And then it all led to Bowens saying her hitting on Bowens and him looking at her like, "Girl, I'm I'm gay." Yeah, you know, that was, that was so great because once again, it was like the first time in wrestling history where people were popping in a positive way yes. for somebody right. being gay. Right. So I was great. just watching the the dark side of the ring, Adrian Adonis. Yeah, and he says he's gay, and they all start erupting in raucous laughter. Like you know, those days are gone, thankfully. Yeah. So it was actually a really cool moment that I think. If it wasn't pro wrestling, because pro wrestling has such a stigma, yes, people like in mainstream world should have embraced that because it sure. was a huge yeah. step. Yeah. Sure. So tell us about how that segment came about, Harley, because it was definitely historical. Yeah, it's who okay, you know, guys have to refresh me because sometimes when things happen, I'm like, who came up with that? That was a great. So idea. if it was a if it was a terrible segment, I would have blamed it on someone else. But I, I texted Bowens and yeah. I said, hey, yeah. I have an idea. With it being Pride Month, you're on the Pride. I, I saw the Pride commercial i said you know you're obviously someone that talks about this you have your youtube channel is there a way uh with her and her character kind of being naive 
that yeah. you say this in the ring? And he was like, I'd love to. And I was like, okay. I was like, if you don't want to do it, delete this text message. So I don't get in trouble. <laughs> I said, but if you're okay with it, I think it could be really special. Uh, and I just thought the crowd would pop. I didn't think the whole arena would chant, he is gay, like in a oh, positive yeah. way. So, um, yeah, so I told Billy, and you know, we said, all right, how do we do it? How do we set it up? And Billy's like, I think you need to stay in the back. Just have her come out by herself because if you're out there, no, they're just going to chant QT sucks, and no one's going to get to you know, see the whole thing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I was overly joyed with how it came out. Like the Twitter video, I text Tony the next day. I was like, man, we're up to almost 5 million views on this thing. Like this is something that yeah. the next week I told him, like, we need to show this again. Like don't show our part, but show him and, yeah. you know, and all this stuff. So uh you know, it was, we took a chance. Yeah. <laughs> when you said, I know you want me. And I was like, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that pops, every time I watch it, I pop so hot. <laughs> All right, so I'm like 10 and 0 when it comes to snagging the last delicious factor meal in my house before the new weekly delivery arrives. We all love Factor's ready-to-eat meals here in the Jericho household. They're fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted and dietitian approved and best of all, they're ready to eat in just two minutes. Eating better has never been easier or more delicious. There's over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. So before I jumped on the plane to get the dynamite this week to Russell Atlantis Jr., I had grilled steakhouse filet mignon with Parmesan cream, spinach, and broccolini. Two minutes to heat it up, ate it right out of the factory container, and then tossed it in the garbage. Fast, easy, and delicious. No prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. You can fuel up with Factor's restaurant-quality meals, too. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime, and Factor is less expensive than takeout. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com TIJ50. And use code TIJ50 to get 50% off. That's code TIJ50 at factormeals.com slash TIJ50 to get 50% off. When you are around all this, how, how, do you, how are you thinking about how can I get involved more from the personality standpoint? Because QT says you have a great personality. We know that you do. So how, what, what do you do when she's out there singing and there's all this kind of pomp and circumstance? Um, I... So my fail-safe is the spray. Now. <laughs> That's my fail-safe. When I don't know what to do, I just start spraying my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I kind of just, you know, like like that night specifically was like Harley's night. So mm -hmm. like I don't, I don't want to be like doing so much where I'm taking attention away. And I kind of feel like that's been my role as like a supporting character, which mm -hmm. I'm a hundred percent. That's fine part with. of the team. Yeah. 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 Um, so I kind of just, uh, I just do that stuff. And then whatever the like the business of the night is, like I just, I feel like a. The reason I have the job here is because I play the supporting character fairly well, you know? Well, and that's so important. I always say to everybody when you're in a wrestling company that's like being on a good football team or a good hockey team yeah. is that, you know, one guy is the, the quarterback mm -hmm. and you know that's the go-to guy and this guy's the wide receiver and this guy's the fullback, but you got to have the, 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 the tight end tackles on the right side make their plays too. If everybody does their job, you win a game. Right? Yeah, if you don't, th it, there's no job that's too small or too big when you're on a team. And this is the way I've always felt AEW, especially in wrestling, as you know, and as many companies as we've worked in, this is the closest to a team that I've ever been a part of. Mm. Yeah. So for you to say that, it's a great point because that's your job here on this team yes yeah so uh, and i think the best thing for us all of us is that the main star is hobbs right or like up until recently was right. hobbs he's basically gone from the yeah and we're still doing stuff with him on saturday that's the hard part is we're traveling every week but uh it's you know i can't complain about tv time right uh of course uh, but 
it was like, hey, there's no pressure on us because this is all about Will. Mm-hmm. So let's put him over the best we can. And if something good comes out of it for us, even better. But he's someone that the company is really taking a liking to. And, um, you know, I know the fans hate the fact that he's with me, but there's a bigger reason why he's with me. And uh, he understands that and I understand that and stuff like that. So it's like, but there's no pressure. It's not like me with the factory where it was like, all right, I'm the leader of this group. Yeah. Yeah, And it's also like if you're not getting pushed as a leader of a group, like it's hard to. Like Anthony Agogo was in the group. And he's like, how, why would I want to be led by you guys? Like you're yeah, the yeah. loser, you know. And I'm like, gang. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I, there's nothing I could do, you know, because right, right. with my uh, office position, like the one thing I'm not going to do is push for a push, push, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but if I can help other people, and yeah, if I get a little bit out of it too, great. Of course, you know, I've worked hard, and I feel that we've every chance we're given, we do well. Mm-hmm. And until we strike out, then you know, <laughs> we, then I think we should be afforded more, right? Like that's just the way the business well, works. That's where the business always works. Yeah, yeah. And that's one what... thing that I can say about QT too is like, it, like, I don't think people realize how much he does for everyone else. And mm-hmm. it's just like, like me personally, like I can't like like praise you higher because he's never been someone that's like. Every time I see him, he's trying to find ways to like help other people. Like, and like that's just like the same with Solo. Like, just working with them has been so awesome because it's a very like homogenous feeling of everyone's quite selfless and everyone just wants the collective to do well and everything's just like worked so organically and you know we get along great but it's a lot of like hard work and sacrifice on on qts and goes in that i don't think people see which is like something that i know i feel like lucky to be a part of so so thanks, mate. Yeah, that's why that's why the QTV outtakes are really good because yeah. I'm so stressed sometimes. I say some wild stuff, you know. Oh yeah, uh, we have fun filming them. Yeah. Do you do you have a part in the edit of them? Yes and no. I mean, uh, we try to we try to do them all in one take, so this way we don't have to right. let the team go crazy, uh, especially with dynamite and stuff like that. And uh, so much, yeah. Our team's not exactly the biggest team either, right? And yeah, so we try to do it all in one take if we can. Um, it might take multiple takes, but we try to just go straight through all the way to the end. Uh, we try to keep it short. You know, like I said, a minute of TV time every week is is phenomenal, you know, to, to get that kind of TV time. And then we always try to upload a video. Like uh, we have Morrison now in the – not Morrison, the uh, – uh, Johnny, Johnny TV, <laughs> Johnny, you know, uh, it's his Twitter is real John Morrison, Morrison at this point. Yeah, uh, but you know, so like he'll send in a video this way. He doesn't have to travel that week. And we just, we try to make it work the best we possibly can. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's something different that, it, you know, on our TV, it's different whether people love it or not. I don't know. Uh, well, they're not supposed to love it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> realistically, they're supposed, to, hate it. supposed right. to not like it, you know, but, uh, <laughs> Aaron, when we talked earlier about you kind of being around dark and all that stuff, is, mm-hmm. is, is working in AW the first national contract you've ever had yes. in the business? That's huge. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I've like, so I'm coming up on 14 years wrestling and I've like kind of dabbled in every company, but it was always just like a, one day you're used as extra talent or you're booked for whatever match it is, you know. Um, but AEW is what really gave me the real opportunity. Um, actually, I've text qt or i sent qt this really formal email that's how i ended up coming here um what did it say in the formal email i think it was like hello qt hello uh, sir yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you're like i don't know who he is you know <laughs> what i mean is Aaron solo the, the, be- the best thing was when i sent him that email i i don't even know if he read it but he texted me because he had my phone oh. number like 10 minutes later <laughs> hey dude what are you doing yeah <laughs> yeah and then he was like yeah we'll use you on this date and I was like, so okay. you were asking you were asking for like a, like an official application of may i come please yeah. have a match on dark so you can see me and yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and then um so that happened in july of 2020 and then um man 
Yeah. What a crazy time to think back to July of 2020, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Oh my God. Like wrestling at Daly's place every week in front of like 20 people, like yeah, 20 workers, 20, right? yeah. 20 extras. Yeah. And then sometimes wrestle until two, three in the morning. Sometimes. Remember that? Yeah. yeah it was Either wild. super hot or super cold. Yeah. You yeah. Know which one you're going to get. Is it COVID? Yeah. yeah, but like, you know, I, I always say this, and of course, for the world, it was a terrible time, but for like my career, I've been wrestling in a wrestling school in front of nobody for 10 years, so to wrestle in front of nobody, it was an even playing field, because you couldn't go off of you're a right. live crowd, so, you know, you're just going off of how good the match was, and you know, what I guess people were saying on YouTube or whatever, and it gave everyone a chance. I said this a hundred times on this show, when people would say, it must be so hard for the young guys to work in front of people. I was like, the young guys, it's hard for me. <laughs> Those guys work yeah. in front of a hundred people. Right. I've, been, I've been working in front of thousands since I was 22 years yeah. old. This sucks. Yeah. Cause you yeah. didn't know, like maybe you're over. Like I remember like orange said to me one time, did I sell too long? Did I sell too short? I'm like, I don't know. Right. Cause the crowd tells you that I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything anymore. Yeah. Like, do, I, do I suck? <laughs> you don't even remember anything about me. Yeah. So anyways, July of 2020 is when you sent this email, Aaron, and yeah. you finally get the call. So, continue from there yeah and then um my first night i had a match with scorpio sky which was amazing because uh we're both california guys but me and him have actually never wrestled each other before. you're northern california he's southern right correct yeah. yes correct and then um i remember being so nervous because one i felt like this is my opportunity two it was in the pandemic so i haven't even been in a wrestling ring for like six or seven months at this point and uh you know gyms are closed everything like that so i'm like i don't know if i can like how I'm going to do push-ups on your floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm just, I was just like, okay, well we just got to go out there and see what it is. And I remember coming back from the match and thinking I did terrible mm. because there was the no crowd. There was just, you know, I didn't know how I did, but then uh, people were coming up to me. They're like, that was really good. Like, you know, like that was great. And then I remember watching the match back and I must've made something up in my head. Cause I thought I like just, completely crapped the bed but it's actually one of my favorite matches now that i look back at it because sky is so great mm -hmm. yeah um and then at the time cody was still here so i went up to cody and tony khan thanked them for having me here and all that and then um they brought me back for the following taping and uh because that was always something i did i even to this day i still thank tony every time i come back from the curtain just because you know it's this a professional is, thing to do it, mm -hmm. professional and this is always what i wanted yeah. to do and i'm one of the few lucky ones that gets to do it every week now you're right um, so i remember the second time i didn't want to be a bug so i thanked them but i didn't like talk about like possibly coming back so i you never want to be that guy right so like maybe if you need me yeah, i'm yeah. always around yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember I asked Conan once, right when I was first starting, I was like, "Are you guys hiring?" He goes, "We're always hiring. It depends if anybody's any good or not. Yeah. We're not gonna hire you, yeah. but we're gonna hire somebody." Yeah. <laughs> Are you hiring? Like it's Wendy's or something? Right, right. Yeah. I need an extra line cook here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, so because I didn't you know, say like, Hey, I want to come back or whatever. Of course, like, you know, there's hundreds of people that sure. are trying to get in at that moment. So I was at home another two months, just kind of sitting like in bed cause there's nothing to do. And, uh, during COVID. And then I remember texting Cody and QT and I was like, I need to get in front of them in some other way. And they had the school, the, the, uh, nightmare, nightmare factory. factory yeah, yeah. Yes. So then I text them, asked them if I could come all this other stuff. And then, uh, they took a few days because, of course, I text them on probably one of the busiest weeks that you guys had at the yeah. time. And then uh, so we were filming all the matches in one day. Or yeah, yeah. It, was just, it was definitely a pay-per-view week yeah. because I remember when QT got back to me, he was, he was again, professional. Sorry, pay-per-view <laughs> week, but I made sure to get back to you. And then 
so I stayed in Atlanta for a month and a half or two or so, and then I just kept getting brought back from there. And then that's you know, how, that's how when I'm did here. you finally get the call that you got a, a, a deal? So I got. I remember we had to do the spit test for COVID before we flew, especially the West Coast guys uh, before we flew out. And I was turning in my test at FedEx, and I had an email from CD. And it said, like, congratulations on your hard work. Uh, we're offering you a contract. Here it is. If you accept it, then, you know, uh, sign it and send it back and all that. And, yeah, I remember it's funny because I remember that day. And I remember, like, being so excited, signing it. And then I was just kind of, like, sitting in my bed afterwards. Cause, uh, <laughs> but and, Nothing but, to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I had, like, romanticized this entire thing for years. Because it took me 11 years before sure. I got an official contract. And I, like romanticize this thing of like going into this big office a pen with a with a feather on it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Boom. yeah. And then I, was like, oh, I guess like a firm handshake at the end <laughs> yeah, you right. got the job buddy yeah. Yeah. calligraphy yeah, yeah. yeah. not that way though right no nope, not at all but you know it's regardless it still gave me what i wanted so mm. it's okay that you know my big romanticized uh, signing of the contract didn't happen but it's <laughs> the real life of pro better. wrestling right yeah yeah <laughs> You know who's living large at my house? My three cats, Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to Pretty Litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large, thanks to Pretty Litter. Because Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom. Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us, and less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I gotta deal with this fight every single week between my daughters. This makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last-minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house, meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now, Harley, obviously you were training for a wrestler as a wrestler and you had mm-hmm. some matches and you were doing really good. But also we talked about the personality, how important it is. And who knows? You, I mean, you're going to have a match at some point. Even if you never do, it's about mm-hmm. making your mark as a personality, as a character, which you're doing. Uh, you're very goofy and funny. <laughs> but singing-wise, you're a, a great singer. And Thank I you. remember seeing you beforehand when you did a video with Shotzi and Scarlett. Yeah. Then you did something with Claudio and Cole and those guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how were you getting involved doing those videos? And then I want to ask you about the amazing rap that you did. As well <laughs> with Let's go back to, to these videos you did with, with the girls and then with the guys. Yeah, so I've always been a musician professionally. That's what I have done for the majority of the last 10 years of my life. So I once living in Orlando and became enveloped around – you. Know, uh, there's a lot of wrestlers in Orlando. <laughs> like yeah. my, you know, that's the hub. Yeah. That's the hub. So uh, my friend group grew and developed, and I've always composed and performed professionally. You know, and I started doing that when I was able to. But also, I couldn't work in America for the longest time because you're obviously from Australia. Yeah. So I had no work ability. So like, I literally, 
I remember the day I landed in America, I hopped where I was staying in a hotel and I went down and saw like this rock show and I went in there that day and I was like knocked on the door and I was like, hey, I'm, I want to sing here. I wanna, I'm a performer, but you can't pay me because I can't work. I said, but I work for free. And uh, they were like, well, this is an impersonation show. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can do someone. Who do you want? And they were like, who can you do? And I was like, oh, no, Christina Aguilera, Lady Gaga. They're like, yeah, Lady Gaga, whatever. And then from that day on, I started performing in America. Hold on a second. You, you, gotta, you can't just gloss over that. <laughs> I was going to say. So, so you did a Lady Gaga invitation. Yeah, yeah. Can you give us a, a line of Lady Gaga? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I used to... I'm, I used to smash shallow out of the park. I don't say so myself. <laughs> Give me one line. Okay. I'm off the deep end, watch the sun diving. Dude, you, you win. You got the audition. You like that? That's it. Thank yeah, you. that's all. Yeah. The past audition. That's right? amazing. And once again, that was uh, un, untuned <laughs> yeah. live singing right there. Everyone says that I bloody tune my voice. Can suck it. <laughs> so you get the gig doing the lady get gun, the but you can't get paid. I can't get paid, which is fine with me because I I was like I'm a big believer in making shit happen. You know right. what I mean? And I was like, someone's that's gonna great. see me. You something's never gonna know happen. Who's watching you? That's right. And. That started me getting other gigs and then other gigs and then other gigs and then I started, you know, getting huge opportunities and then when I started doing higher scale stuff, people in the wrestling world were, my girlfriends uh, who also sing Scarlet and Shotzi kind of like approached me one day and they're like, hey, like let's do like a passion project together and release a song and I was like, okay, that sounds fun, let's do it and I think they wanted to kind of get more into music and, you know, I wanted to learn more in wrestling and we just bonded on the different worlds colliding and so I wrote that song indestructible and we recorded that and everyone loved it the internet went wild over it twitter liked it for a change (laughs) (laughs) and then it's funny just because when that happened we i then had other wrestlers hit me up and start to ask me like oh can you write me a song you write me a song so then i did one with the boys you know that came to fruition i actually video game guys up up down down or whatever yeah we actually i did one wwe released one actually the i did a halloween song and they released that i like hearing claudio rap oh my gosh (laughs) you guys gotta hear that it's the best it's so good uh and i um i just recently wrote music for uh, a girlfriend of mine who's over in stardom and it's it's just kind of skyrocketed me writing more music in the wrestling world so at the moment i'm loving writing theme music it's kind of a thing it's great <laughs> so because you never were actually officially with nxt you were just living no. in orlando yeah trying. so uh, my story is an interesting one i don't know how much of this i'm allowed to say i want to say but we i can just say that there was plans for me to go to another company <laughs> and um, then, you know, that company decided to release a lot of people who were all involved in the process. Right. But thanks to them, I learned how to wrestle and I ended up getting my green card. So, <laughs> you so know, thanks, I, to them. thanks yeah. guys. <laughs> you missed the boat. <laughs> but, That's the way you feel though. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Did you ever have any tryouts at NXT, Aaron? I did. And I had the very first one in the performance center in 2013. Um, but man, when I did it, like I'm not a huge guy, and 2013 was very different oh for gosh, what the mold yeah, of a wrestler dude, totally. was. Mm-hmm. Um, Heidenreich and the Nathan Jones <laughs> yeah, and those yeah. guys around that time, right? <laughs> yeah, like I remember going into that tryout, and then there was two other guys my size. Uh, one of them being Mustafa Ali, and then uh, everyone else was just giant. So I was like, man, I don't, right? I don't know right. if there's really a chance here. But I, I gave it my best. They gave me a fairly good review, and then. I did extra work with them, but nothing ever came about over there. So, did you yeah. ever have a try with NXT? I know we discussed. I was supposed to, and then they took it away. That's and, right. You know, so, and then I tried to get a job as a coach. 
They said, we're not bringing any guest coaches. And uh, the blade went down the next week. <laughs> and I said, and I literally told Damian Priest, I said, I'm going to open my own school and I'm going to make them rue the day they didn't hire me as a coach. <laughs> and sure enough, you know. See? Yeah, now I'm helping offer contracts to guys that they like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's just you know you need that. I think it, as you know, I'm sure you've had something in your in your career that you've held on to that you're like, you know, I'm going to prove it, right? I need yeah. to prove to somebody, whoever it is, and and honestly, sometimes it's just ourselves, but it, it does help to have that. Dude, that's what happened to me Nate, with AEW. I mean, they had first right of refusal, and they refused. So I was like, okay, I'll go to AEW. We'll start this AEW thing. Like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. Here yeah. We are, you know? Yeah, look yeah. at us now. Yeah. Gotta go to Wembley, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, we have a, a connection because of Bay Area Wrestling. Yes. Which is a place. I only worked three matches there in the summer of 92 yes. for Woody Farmer in Haywood, California. Mm-hmm. And his uh, son was Shane Cody, which yeah. is very highly kayfabe. You weren't allowed to know that. But <laughs> I did a documentary with the Bay Area Wrestling guys. I've talked about it quite a bit. And you are actually from that area. Mm-hmm. Well, was your connection with Bay Area and with with Woody or Shane or anybody from that from that place? Sure. So um, I started with a company called Big Time Wrestling. Um, Kurt what, Kirk White, right? Kirk White, yeah. yeah the, late, who, the late Kirk White, great yeah, guy. Yeah, who uh, recently passed, or not so recent, a year or so ago. Um, but um, Shane Cody was there as well, who Woody Farmer used to run Bay Area Wrestling. And uh, I think Shane Cody had been out of wrestling for some time as yeah. I was starting up. And he wanted to get back into it, but he was like, I, I can't do singles. I need a tag partner. Well, be, me being the brand, brand new guy, I was like put with him. You're the bump guy. Yeah, which I was the bump guy. And uh, honestly, like it was it was good because I got to see him like he had so much more experience than me. So like even though I was like his tag partner kind of just bumping and stuff when I was on the um, apron, like and he'd be in the ring. I got to learn a lot just by watching how he'd like take control of the crowd and things like that. So it's almost a, a forgotten thing too. Just let me let me interject and, and QT you probably had this as well. Those local legendary guys yeah. that everyone in the area knew but no one else knew. Like in Calgary there was a guy called Jerry Moore or the Great Gama, those type of guys you could just go and learn so much from that never made it to the mainstream quote unquote. Yeah. Shane Cody being one of those guys for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's but very valuable to be able uh, for a young guy to learn from. Of course yeah, so uh, there was Shane Cody and then the trainer of the school. His name is uh, Jason Stiles. He is actually the original trainer of Bailey as well. So gotcha. That's, um, yeah, and then we both came out of that school and kind of um, just kind of did a lot. But I actually did go to Lance Storm School prior. No kidding. Yeah, and uh, actually it was... Uh, Tell us some Lance stories. Yeah, Lance is great. Yeah, Straight but, shooter, uh, if there ever was one in this business. What a rare thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. So... Um, I'm a little embarrassed, but the way... So you're my favorite wrestler ever. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, QT. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've known you for three or four years. You've never, I never knew that. I, so. It was just a... He I tells me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Yeah, we're going to get a match one day. I'll, I'll figure out how to do it. We'll the singing, we'll figure it out. Figure it out. But, um, anyways, the way that like I ended up going to Lance's school was... Um, I kind of fell out of love with wrestling just in high school just because, you know... I'm, partying and BSing like high school Mm -hmm. schoolers do but um your book came out the uh, lion's tale so i was reading the book and then i think it said that you had started at 18 and i was like i'd heard that like tj perkins started at 13 soraya had started like 14 i'm 20 reading this (laughs) and i'm like god (laughs) i started i was like i'm so old i can't i can't do this like the the ship has sailed but then you mentioned lance storm quite a bit in the book so 
I remember looking up his age and it said 21 and I was like, I have a year on him and he did pretty well. So, so, but as I was looking that up, he also had his storm wrestling Academy at the time. So, um, straight away I sent him an email and you know, his camps were booked for the next two or three or whatever. And then I ended up going to school in September of 08. And I remember being really upset because I think you were in the September 07. Like you showed up in the September yeah, that's 07 when I was, one. I, I had left wrestling for like two and a half years and I wanted to go back and train with Lance to kind of yeah. warm back up again. So that, yeah, I was just there yeah. recently. Yeah. And I, I was like, I was like, man, I hope Jericho shows up. And <laughs> you, you, you didn't, but Edge actually showed oh, cool. up. Oh, cool. Like one happen. of the last days of yeah. camp and all that. But um, but he's not your favorite, so. He, he was <laughs> favorite, but I did, I did like him a lot. That's but, cool. Um, yeah, but that, I, so it was your book that helped me go to Lance's and also like because i had followed your career and everybody like i know that you had went to mexico right. you went to japan yeah, you yeah, done yeah. all this stuff and the, the guys in my area kind of just they went around like within two a two hour mm-hmm. radius and i was like i want to do it the way mm-hmm. that the guys i looked up to did it so that's why i went to which Canada. is the way that i did it because the guys that i look, looked up to did it yeah so it's always the way that the generations progress but you always got to follow the guys that you admired that's yeah. why i always always wanted to go overseas was because of Benoit, and Eddie, and, and those types of guys that were traveling, Scorpio, and those types of guys. You know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that was my first like excursion thing, and then I didn't know where to go, so I went back home and um, just started training there for about two years. And I ended up like moving to St. Louis, Orlando, Texas, and then I had short excursions in New Zealand and England. Just really tried to go everywhere, just because it was stuff that you know the guys I looked up to did. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, it's different, I'm sure, and from when you did it to when I did it. Um, But yeah, it was great. And again, it took a while to get here, but I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. That's how you learn though, right? Yeah, yeah. You learn a lot of different styles too. Mm -hmm. So you're not just everybody cookie cutter in the same vein. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Harley, let's talk about how when you finally got signed, because once again, you're, you know, the three-year overnight sensation or how long you've been in America <laughs> for because you were you were here only for a month or two when you got signed yeah so I just got in my green card approved and I, so I train at Flatbacks on a Spears and Breeze That's Spears and Tyler Breeze yeah right. and um I just remember for the longest time you know tra- I'm, I'm still there I still every every time that I'm home I'm still there training I'm like that's you know, great. Every single like because you I never would, know. Like you might have a match tonight. You, you know the way things work. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And also the thing is too. Like a lot of people cap on the fact that you know I'm doing music here, which I think of course, like of course you're going to showcase talents when you Absolutely. get the opportunity to. But I love wrestling. Like sure. I, I wanted to become a wrestler. Like I'd pretty much done what I wanted in my music career for the most part, and I started you know training at Flatbacks, and I was there all the time, and I just couldn't do anything because I didn't have the green card. So then I was waiting for it it was in the process but it took forever and you know in the in the interim I started going out in the indies but I was scared to because 
I had to do things for free again because if you get caught, you get deported. It's yeah. Like, it's so serious. Yeah. So you've got to be really careful because even though I was doing shows and, you know, not being paid for certain things, if I go through customs and they see I've yeah. done it, they can be like, we don't believe you. You're deported, never coming to America again. So I got out as much as I could on the indies to the level that was safe. And also the other side of the coin is once you do get green, your green card, if you've been working for free, mm-hmm. no one's going to want to pay you. That's right. You worked for free last time. What am I supposed to give you a hundred bucks now? Yeah. Yes, you, you know exactly. I mean? right. And I, I just desperately wanted the reps. And that's why I was consistently, you know, consistently at training. But my coaches were kind of like, look, the the indies will be good, you know, are good because it's going to help you in front of a crowd. And I was kind of like, I'm, I'm going to be okay in front of a crowd. <laughs> I just want the reps and I want the yeah. experience. And then finally an opportunity came up and I got to do dark and I came, did it. I think my, actually my dark match was my second match ever at AW, oh, ever. Wow. Yeah, and it was against Willow. And it's crazy. Yeah, about it. it's, cra- it's crazy. A lot of people, if they had their second match on a, on a watch show, would probably not be invited back just by proxy if it's your second match. Yes, 100%. My second match was terrible. Yeah. For sure. And the thing is, too, I cough a lot of heat from people saying, you know, I'm new and it's an opportunity that's unfair. At the end of the day, if something is given to you, what do you think I'm going to turn around and go, oh, no, thank you. I, I don't want to achieve my dream. Like, yeah. shit, was I thinking it was going to happen that quick? No. You can't listen to that, though. Like you said, it's the right place at the right time, but then you embrace it and make it great. Yes, exactly. And between then and there, I didn't – the – gosh, when was the last time we – so I got invited back – a few months later did another dark and then when I showed up that day they were like uh can you cut some promos and I was like oh crap yeah like hell yeah let's do it and then I'm thinking what the heck's going on and then they were like yeah. you're gonna come out and you're gonna have an entrance and I was like what and I was like people don't get entrances here unless you you know <laughs> so I was kind of like oh, what's happening you know <laughs> freaking out but you know did the match and then very shortly after um you know QT was in contact and they just said that they had an idea that I that I was, you know, suitable for and I wasn't sure if it was going to be a permanent thing or, you know, what was going to happen. But I just knew that if I could prove myself and, you know, that... Foot in the door. Get the foot yeah. in the door, then hopefully I, you know, could stick around. And I know a lot of... QT went into bat for me a lot. I had a lot of people like Billy, I had Spears, my coach, obviously, just people who knew me and they believed in me. And thanks to them, like, that's why I'm here and I'm just very lucky. What was the straw that broke that uh, sign? So... We were in Tony's room going over stuff, and we were talking about uh, one of the other talents that her contract on a per appearance was coming up. So it was like the perfect opportunity to throw Harley in there without, <laughs> you know, making it look like I'm just being selfish, once right? Again, you know it's going to help yours. Of course, a hundred percent. And and the whole point was uh, originally was one of the other young ladies we were thinking about didn't want to wrestle. She just wanted to be a part of the group and right. you know and which was cool but tony was like man i really want someone else that will wrestle because yeah. we can do mixed tags and this that and the other and i said to tony i said hey and what about harley you think we could put her on a weekly you know because she's coming every week i know she's giving up another thing because there was maybe a performance a maybe wrestlemania like a lot of big stuff that sure. you know that she's kind of not she's taking a chance on us and i said and he goes yeah i just you know besides the dark stuff i just you know i haven't really seen her wrestle and uh you know and then we don't use her i said well tony she wants to wrestle like she wants she'll wrestle on the house show next week she can't wrestle on the house shows because i've been telling her she can't because she, we have to pay her and the house shows are what we're using salaried people for so it was just one of those miscommunications and he was like okay and i was like oh okay you know I was like, this is great you know? Go. Yeah, yeah. Let's fucking go. exactly. It was one of those, well, you know. Here's the other Tony Tone. I sent him a big long text. If you get the heart emoji That's response, 
You're good. Yeah, that's it. Heart. I'm waiting for that heart. Like, yeah. I got a heart. I got a heart. Yeah. It's, yeah. You ever get a thumb and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. What did I do? Or you're worth nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exclamation point. No. Yeah. When you get nothing and then, yeah, yeah. you know, then you see he's 464 text messages behind. You're like, oh, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. As we start to wind down here, I want to ask you guys a couple of questions, but especially with you, Mike. I mean, you do sort of QT. I like Mike, believe it or not. I've been trying to get rid of QT forever. Forever. It was a name I came up with when I was 20 years old because I was a good and I was Mr. Irresistible right and they WWE said you need a name and I was like man what kind of name so I came up with QT and everywhere I go they're like nah we're gonna we're not gonna let you use that and then they're like Oh, QT. And I, they, I don't know. Whatever. There's get a gas guy station. Because he's you know? a cutie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get it? So, I mean, you, Harley mentioned, and I did too, that you do a lot of stuff behind the scenes here in AW. You've been here since day one. Yeah. How, how have, like, I feel so proud about all of the advancements that we've made. And obviously there's always some, some downside things, but that's part of the growing process of this young company. What do you see as, as some of the biggest differences for you? From day one to here we are in July of 2023. So obviously, uh, one, the, just the size of the company, yeah. right? Just between talent and production and just everything. Um, I think as with everything, is, as time progresses, we just become, you know, more well, like a well-oiled machine. And there are... In the beginning, you didn't know what to expect. Now I know what to expect. Like, okay, on Wednesday, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. But like, hey, that we're going to do it, and we're going to do our best, and, and our fans are going to love it. And at the end of the day, like, we joke about it. Like, uh, some of our best shows were shows that were all come up with at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, mm -hmm. right? And at the end of the day, like, because we're wrestlers, and obviously Tony's not, but Tony thinks like a wrestler. So we're wrestlers. Running a wrestling company, it's just kind of crazy. But at the same time, you know how it is. If you know you have a match six weeks from now and you start thinking about that match, you might overthink it, oh, yeah. right? Whereas if it's just on the fly, it's, it's much better. So I'm not saying that TV should always be done like that, but it just seems it like it happens. And uh, so that overall and then just, you know, you've seen people come and go and, um, you know, you, you see that the it's what, you've, what I've seen on DVDs growing up. Uh, when the main guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin said, you know, I'm just a spoke on this wheel, and when I'm done, they're going to put it. And you see that, and you're like, oh, shoot, that's true. It's real. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> so it's like, all right, how do I make myself? And this is what I – I myself have uh, succeeded in this company by just being honest with everybody. And whether it's to my detriment or not, I tell everybody exactly how it is. And I think the talent themselves, production, everyone appreciates that. Because, like Harley was saying about how I help everybody, I do that not because I want people to help me in return. I just do it because I've been on the other end where you're left on red when you've sent messages to people. And, like, so my wife hates me for it, but I'm on my phone 24 7 because everyone contacts me because I'm the one that answers everybody, right? Like, fast, dude. and I answer fast because I want it, you know why? Because I'm not somebody that should be where I am, right? Like when I started, I was Cody Rhodes' assistant making minimum, like less than minimum wage really because it was only supposed to be once a week and all this stuff. So I was like, all right, well, I don't want this for myself, right? At the end of the day, I want to be whatever I can be. And in a startup company, I remember talking to my uncle who's a vice president of UPS Capital. He was like, in a startup company, you could end up being like one of the top bosses if you work hard. And I was like, really? He goes, you're going to see a lot of people aren't going to work hard. That's just the way the world works. And I was like, 
okay. So I just, yeah, hey, I'm going to answer everybody. I'm going to, and if I don't know the answer, I'm going to go find the answer and I'm just going to keep doing blah, 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 blah. And I try to instill that in these guys and stuff like, hey, whatever we could do to make the show the best we possibly can, you just want to be the person that um, everyone wants to be around more than anything. And that's the other thing I try to teach even at our school is like, sometimes you just got to be a normal person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we're just, we all have to work together. So you just be normal, have fun, and be honest with everyone because that's something Cody taught me a long time ago. Was uh, And it was the best advice I think I've ever gotten was that everything we do out there, you know, so spoiler to people that are listening, but is a lie. So don't lie back here. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to do something, tell the person you don't want to do it. If you, you know, whatever it is you want to, I mean, I remember texting Tony asking him about winning a championship once, not in AEW, like another person's title. And he was just like, unfortunately, we're not doing business with them, but that's, man, I can't believe you just asked me that. I was like, well, yeah, I just want to ask like, hey, this is, you know what I mean? Like, if you say no, no problem. Right. But if I never ask, yeah. I'll never know, know, right? And so what's the worst? Is it? And I also, what's the worst that's going to happen? <laughs> I could get fired, but <laughs> realistically, <laughs> that's the way I look at it. What is the worst that's going to happen? You know, I've been broke. I've been, you know, working other jobs. So this is a, a dream. And, you know, like I said, we just don't take anything for granted, including this interview. I was, I texted him right away. I was like, guys, Jericho wants us to be on Talking to Jericho. I was just watching your stuff and I was like, this is really good. Let's, let's, let's have yeah. a chat. You know? Yeah, of course. Let's, let me ask you this too. Was it hard for you when Cody left? Cause you mentioned you came in as assistant. You were kind of always seen as Cody's guy. Yeah. Uh, so that's something he was really good about in the beginning was like, Hey, Matt, Nick, Kenny and Chris, especially, you know, whatever they need, please don't just be my guy. Like, it'll be the worst thing you could do. And so that's why, you know, from the beginning, I was always, uh, it sucks not having him at work with us, right? Because, like, of course, he's one of my best friends. He's the closest thing to a brother besides my actual brother. But at the end of the day, you know, we still talk every day, and he still gives me great advice. And to see what he's been able to do, you know, is incredible. So I think it's just it's just one of those things that, you know, it was weird at first, mm-hmm. but I think I had already developed into something different by the time he was leaving, right? But like by the time he left, I had already graduated to Tony's right-hand man. So it wasn't like a huge, you know, huge thing. But again, like I said, it sucks not, he had his own room, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. We had a place to go. And <laughs> we, yeah, I don't have my own room, you know? <laughs> and back, and, uh, the and then like, yeah, and I was working. And I was like, wait a minute, guys. Like I've never been in male talent because I was always his guy <laughs> and I don't have my own room. So now I'm just changing in Tony's locker room. You, you, know? you came in, all the guys were looking at you like you're the warden. Yeah. Like, oh, now you want to share, dude. Right. I said, I was like, I can't go in there. No one's going to want to talk around me and stuff. And of course I'm overthinking it. But then like, I'm just getting changed in tone. So we finally got a vice president room uh, in some arenas, depending on who's here or not. So this way, I, you know, Tony's dad doesn't walk in and I'm getting changed for a match or something <laughs> like that, you know. Right. Aaron, uh, what are your plans now that you got a pretty good spot here with QT? And you mentioned you've traveled the world and you're 11 years of working and now you're, you're signed. What, what's your, you know, your goal to, to continue to improve and get, get a bigger presence on an AAW? QT's actually mentioned or asked a lot of times, he's like, what do you see yourself as? And um, I know this is going to sound so wild, but like I was, I've never dreamed to be world champion. I know everybody says that they get in this to be that, but I was always into the, um, 
the Intercontinental mm-hmm. Champion at the time because you held it eight, nine times. That was uh, my dream too because Steamboat held it. Ricky Steamboat was never the world champion in WWF. I didn't care. I wanted to be Intercontinal Champion. Yeah. yeah. And like the guys, the other guys like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, when I started getting, I yeah. started like really watching wrestling when I was six. So that's 1993. That was um, when the IC Championship was for the workhorses. That was the workers' yeah. belt. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to have a career similar to like that um and i tell qt like when he goes what do you see yourself as or what do you want to be i say i want to be like a modern day x-pac because i felt like x-pac was somebody who did very well Mm -hmm. he was cool um and i i mean i don't know him like that but like i felt like he was very trusted backstage when it came to like Mm -hmm. doing things and anything he needed he could do yeah and that's that's what i want to be so um that's ideally somehow i don't know how i'll get there but that's what i would like to get to yeah. It's a great, uh, it's a great inspiration to have. Harley, let's uh, let's finish up here with the the rap, the famous rap. <laughs> so you did such a great job <laughs> with that rap because I mean Max Caster is is a great rhymer, yes. But as a rapper, it's very much yo. You did something completely different. Kind of talk about how you constructed that. Um, what kind of response did you get? Maybe yeah. even you know ask you to drop a few lines maybe here and there. <laughs> kind of talk about that because it's a big it's a big test for you. Yeah, it's funny. So rapping when I was at parties, it was like, hey, who wants to hear me rap? Because I rap. <laughs> so I was that like loser who's who loved learning really challenging raps. Like I used to listen to like Busta Rhymes and like you know Shady and all the time and. When I first started here, I think I came to QT and I was like, hey, if you ever want to rap battle, it's like, <laughs> but hey, look at us you now. You threw it out there and look what happened. Right? Yeah. But um, I mean, I, as I said, composing music's been a big part of my life, but I also studied literature at a very young age. So writing and just words in general is something I have like an extreme interest with. So um, when the opportunity came, I was like, oh, I think we were in catering today. <laughs> I was like writing it down really quick and I was like, oh, what about this and this and this and this? And then it just, you know, some of the best things I think happen on the fly. So it was one of those moments. Rapping is also more about the meter of it, right? It's not just the words like, it's like, it's kind of like the flow and the cadence as well too. And it's also, you know, so there's a linear structure when it comes to writing music, which is very, this is a dog and that's a frog mm-hmm. and that's a hog. And that's like the easy thing to do. But one thing that I always look at was Shady's way, like Eminem's way yeah. of writing. And he's really uh, particular with uh, where he accentuates yeah. the rhyme yeah. and it's not linear based. It can, it fluctuates and he uses multiple syllables within a certain timestamp and he makes it really different. So I like to emulate that kind of style. Cause I think it's just, it's different. It's not, sure. it's not like the ABCD kind of rap. I think it's more impressive when you can do something a little bit different what kind of feedback did you get when you when it dropped oh people hated it <laughs> because they don't know music <laughs> no it's because you're attached to me that's, yeah. that's all it is for whatever reason the people just you, hate me <laughs> honestly it's it's mixed but at the end of the day you know there's very few things in this world that i can confidently say if someone says something negative i'm like ah oh, shut up mm-hmm. you don't bloody know mate I, you know, I honestly think that the people that know music were like, hey, that was cool. And the people that don't do it, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Bob, sitting at home. <laughs> hey, prob- Bob. Probably just, you know, what have you ever written in your life besides right. this hateful 
text on Twitter. And that doesn't rhyme and has no punctuation yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Capitalization yeah. As well. yeah, yeah. So, grammar nerd. <laughs> the thing is, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I said this a while ago in a, a different interview um, in, in relation to everything we do, is that my goal is with music, with wrestling, everything, is to make you feel something or remember something. So right. it's, it's sparking an emotion. So whether you hate it or love it, like, hey, you're talking about it. Do you remember a line or two from it? Oh yeah! Give me, give me some of it. What do you want? Where do you want me to spit it start? out? Whatever, whatever. <laughs> I can go. <laughs> start from start. Okay, this one goes out to the acclaim. Let's kick it off quick. Your raps are lame. You couldn't make it in the music business. Mike's your only claim to fame. Oh goodness, what a shaka! Didn't know my rhymes would rock ya. QTV's in the building. Solos bringing the binaka. Uh, yeah, do you want to hear the fast bit? Sure. Okay. <laughs> For the people that said I lip sync, you can suck <laughs> this. This. Is it. this is all live. <laughs> true. Okay. Uh, um. Fill him with the venom, fill him with the venom, fill him with the venom and eliminate him. Other words, I made him, made him. I don't want to hurt him, but I didn't mean to fit a rage of murder and get a body, will evade him. Oh, yeah. Damn. Jesus. Yeah. Didn't get any higher than that. Yeah, no. QTV, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. One of my favorite new acts here in AW. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Thank you so much. Thank you Thanks guys. for having Appreciate us. It. <laughs>